How many of you know that, don't know this one? You never heard? Everybody knows it? I've sang it many times, but I need, I need somebody to help me to sing it on key because that's how I sing. I can sing pretty good, but somebody is right Ah, you need somebody to harmonize with you then. Okay, on the second then, here we go. Standing on the promises that cannot fail When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail By the living word of God shall prevail Standing on the promises Promises of God standing on Christ the Lord by love's strong cord overcome spirit's Lord On the last, standing on promises I cannot fall. Savior has my all in all. singing group. Good singing. Thank you, Janet. Appreciate that very much. All right, if you have your Bibles tonight, let's turn to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. And I want to ask you a question. Uh, do, do you ever feel unworthy or maybe ashamed to come before the throne of God in prayer? Think about that. There were times when Maybe this is another reason why we don't pray sometimes because we're ashamed to come before the throne of grace. Uh, maybe, because of, maybe because of having committed the same sin over and over again. I remember hearing a message years ago, Brother Jerry, when I was first saved, the preacher, um, he preached a message entitled, So You've Sinned. And, uh, you know, I was, I was raised, uh, Brother Diego, in a denomination that taught you could lose your salvation. And so as a young man, there were times there was, you know, one week I may have been saved and the next week I was lost. I heard about one fellow who, he, you know, that he, he was going through the same experience. One week he was saved, the next week he was lost. And finally he just couldn't remember whether he was saved or lost. But that was my experience. And, and there were times when I had to come and, and, and ask the Lord for forgiveness, but I felt ashamed to ask him again. I don't know if you've ever had that experience or not, but um, uh, may, maybe, maybe because uh, you think that uh, maybe he's not listening or he doesn't care. 
maybe because of fear of what his answer might be. And again, these are more reasons of why sometimes we may not pray. So do you, do you ever feel that God just might not forgive you for your sins? There's been times in my life where I've felt that way. Um, and uh, where I've asked for forgiveness for the same sin over and over again. So maybe this keeps us from going before his throne. That's a possibility. So how should we come before his throne? All right. Uh, I think surely we should come humbly. Daniel did, didn't he? And uh, reverently in faith uh, and without fear. We we have nothing to fear of our Heavenly Father. You know, before I was saved, uh, guy, uh, my picture of God was he was up in heaven and he had a big baseball bat or two by twice ready to beat you or beat me when I did something wrong uh, rather than a, a, a caring, loving God. And uh, so anyway, the author of Hebrews, uh, whether uh, personally I, I, I kind of lean towards Paul being the author of the book of Hebrews, but he encourages us. And let's look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Seeing then, and I'm reading from the King James Version, all right, authorized version. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but he was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Do you know there are some who teach that Jesus could have sinned? I don't believe that. It was impossible for him to sin. He could not sin. He did not sin. And uh, if, he, if, he, if he could have sinned, he wouldn't, he, wouldn't be, he wouldn't be God. Verse 16. Let us therefore come, here it is, boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and we can find grace to help in time of need. And so the author of Hebrews here, he encourages us. That when we come to the throne of grace, we're to come boldly. Boldly. Uh, not flippantly. Uh, not, uh, 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 the word I was thinking of? Huh? Casually. Casually, that's the word I was thinking of. Not just casually and flippantly, you know. But we're to come boldly to the throne of grace, but yet humbly and reverently. And, and what a beautiful expression this is. Let us come boldly unto the throne of grace. Now, we all know that a throne is a seat uh, uh, of a king or a queen. And from this throne, they could uh, dispense mercy and pardon. In biblical times, uh, Doug, would you look up Esther, please? Chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. Okay? So in biblical times, a person could approach a sovereign, couldn't approach a sovereign unless they were invited to come. And we see this in the book of Esther. I think we have a good example here. Yes, sir. 10 and 11, did you say? Yes, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, again, Esther's fake. I, kept, I, I went to your version. And, oh, that's all right. Go ahead. Anyway, um, Esther again spake unto Habich and gave him commandment unto Mordecai, all the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces, do know that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come unto the king into the inner court who is not called, there is one law of his to put him to death, except such 
to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter that he may that he may live. But I have not been called to come in unto the king these thirty days. Thank you, sir. So I think we have a good classic example there of uh, you couldn't approach the king unless he invited you to come or unless he extended, as it were, his, his golden scepter. And uh, that gave you the permission to approach him. But you know what? Uh, I, I'm so glad um, as God's children, we can come straight to him without being invited. Isn't that wonderful? It really is. The word boldly means that we can come to God openly and uh, we can approach his throne with fearless confidence, with, uh, with courage, and of course with assurance. And, and we can ask, uh, Melody, would you read 1 John 5, 14, please? 1 John 5, 14. And uh, Brother, uh, Brother Diego, if, would you read? Oh, you can't, okay, you don't have your glasses. Uh, Janet, can you? Would you? You don't have yours either? Could you try? Okay. Yeah. Ephesians 3, 11 and 12. Yeah. And uh, Gabe, would you mind reading? Sure. Uh, Hebrews 10, 19. And uh, let's see here. Uh, Brother um, uh, Jerry, Matthew eleven twenty eight, please, if you would. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Okay. So we can approach his throne fearless, with fearless confidence, uh, with courage, and with assurance. And you know what? We can ask forgiveness of our sins every time, no matter when it is. We don't have to wait for a special time to do that. <clears throat> matter of fact, I think we ought to do it immediately. When God's Holy Spirit convicts our heart right then and there, don't put it on the back burner. Don't wait until the end of the day because if you're like me, you'll forget. So we can ask for anything, I believe, we can ask for anything according to his will. Listen to the verse. 1 John five fourteen, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. There it is. As we pray, remember, it's according to his will, whether he answers our prayer. So we can approach uh, the throne of grace confidently, confidently, uh, comfortably to seek his mercy and his grace and we can find help in time of need uh let me ask you this when are we in time of need <laughs> i thought about that as i read this gabriel yeah all day every day i don't think there's ever there's not a moment that we're not in need we need the lord constantly and uh, so listen to ephesians 3 verse 11 and 12 What does it say? We have what? Boldness. boldness. As we're saying, we can come in boldness, he says. And uh, Hebrews 10, 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. It's great to know that we can, that we can come confidently that he's going to hear us. He's going to answer our prayer. Again, according to his perfect will. Now, Notice why we can come boldly, all right, to the throne of grace. First of all, because, and you can see your outline there, because of who we will find there. When we come to the throne of grace, who do we find there? Well, we can come to the throne of God in prayer. We can be sure that um, 
that he wants us to come. Okay? And, and remember this, he's the one who asks us to come. We're invited automatically. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Isn't that great? Have you ever found rest when you come to the throne of grace? I have. So when we approach the throne of grace, we will find uh, God our Father is there. And, um, and you know what? He has been fully propitiated. And now, I'm sure you've heard that word before. It's, it's a big technical word almost. It means completely appeased. It means to satisfy. And it has to do with appeasing God's wrath. And there was a reason for God's wrath. And the reason that God uh, needed to be appeased was because we offended Him. And we still do. We have disgraced His will, or disregarded His will. We have violated and broken His laws. And we've shunned His love. And everyone has sinned. And, and, uh, and that placed us in a, in a position to fear the wrath of God, really. We are sinners by both nature and by choice. Uh, Romans 5 and verse 12 Tim, did I ask you to read yet? Would you read that please, Romans 5, verse 12? Romans 5, 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. All have sinned. And so in that condition, in that sinful condition, uh, he cannot treat us as if we had not sinned. Right? Um, therefore, it's proper that in some way he should show his displeasure at our conduct, either by punishing us or by doing something that would appease his anger. And then it was also the result. Not only there was a reason for God's wrath, but there was a result of God's wrath. And the result of God's wrath is that sinners are in peril of both temporal death and eternal death. Sin had to be paid for. And God's holiness demanded justice. God said in Ezekiel 18 or verse 4, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. It shall die. Not maybe, but shall. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. Okay. So when we approach the throne of grace, we will find God the Father, but we'll also find God the Son there, who is the faithful propitiator. And uh, I'll just read the definition here. The proper meaning of the word propitiator is that of reconciling, appeasing, uh, turning away anger. The idea is that there is anger or wrath or that something has been done to offend and that it is needful to turn away that wrath to appease. Propitiation literally means atonement. And Jesus became our atonement when he died for us. The shed blood of Christ for sin is satisfied. Sin so satisfied God's wrath that he, had, that he can now be merciful. Christ is the faithful propitiator. John, 1 John 2 and verse 2 says, And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world, for everyone. I'm glad that the Lord Jesus lives for us. He's our propitiator. And he not only died for, it, for us, but he also lives for us. He's ever interceding for us on our behalf. For some of us, maybe a little more than others, jokingly. All right. 
as our advocate, as our mediator. 1 Timothy 2.5 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Hebrews 7.25 says, Therefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. So the Lord Jesus is there also. Brother Doug? Um, in high school, Yes, yes. I used to do the same thing. Yeah. Went in this little box. There was a screen there. The priest could see me, but I couldn't see him. And uh, I would confess my sins. And tell him all my... I would put all my dirty laundry out there. He would tell me how many Our Fathers I had to say. It depended on the sin, the severity of the sin. How many Our Fathers you say, how many Hail Marys. Were you raised Catholic for the Diego? No. Oh my goodness. You, you would still be there. So anyway, now we can, uh, now not only can we come boldly under the throne of grace because of who we will find there, but second, because of what we will find there. And we see that in verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy, here it is, and find grace and help in time of need. And so we will find mercy that is, first of all, undeserved. You know what? We don't, anybody here deserve mercy? No. Now we may obtain mercy. And, 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 and this is what we need. Uh, we need pardon when we come to God. We're guilty and we are condemned. And our first cry should be for mercy. A man or a woman who comes to God not feeling his need of mercy will fail at obtaining divine favor. However, those who come with the deepest sense of their need of forgiveness will find mercy and God's favor. Now, this mercy is not owed to us. We don't deserve it. Uh, we, we're all undeserving of God's mercy. We have no merit of our own with which to stand before just and holy God. So what is mercy? How would you define mercy? Favor. Sir? Favor? Favor? Unmerited favor, okay. Um, a gift? Yes, Lynette. I, I was just pointing at Oh, okay, all righty. Yeah. Someone said that mercy is God withholding from us what we deserve. And what do we deserve? Death. Death. Hell. Eternal judgment. Separation from God. Yeah. We deserve His wrath and His judgment. However, there is compassion from the heart of God. That's the first thing. Um, Psalm 86 verse 15 says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed, because His compassion fails not. 
His compassions fail not. And that's Lamentations 3, verse 22. Uh, not only compassion, but there's clemency. What does that word mean? Pardon. pardon. Yep. Clemency is a pardon. It's a forgiveness for our sins. Colossians 1.14 says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So we will find mercy that is undeserved. But also, secondly, we will find grace that is unmerited. Uh, in other words, it's not earned by us. There's a hymn. I think it's got to be in our hymnal. It says, In my hand no price I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. O Lamb of God, I come. So grace is God given to us what we do not deserve, and that is his forgiveness. Why is that? Well, first of all, because of a faithful attorney. First John 2 verse 1 says, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate or an attorney. We have a lawyer with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. God extends to us his grace, unmerited, when he hears our lawyer's defense. I like that. And then because of a fair judge. Not only because we have a faithful attorney, but we have a fair judge. You know, God, God's the one who's judging. He's the judge of the universe, who sits upon the throne of judgment, and he is both just and satisfied in extending us his unmerited grace. Who hasn't read, who would like to read a verse? Romans 3, Melody? Romans 3, 24 through 26, please. We're just about through. Romans 3, 24 through 26. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Thank you, dear. He's a fair judge, isn't he? No one will ever be able to accuse God of not being fair. No one will ever... No, You know, they're... I know there's people that, who blame God for everything that goes wrong in their lives. And they point a finger and say, God, it's all your fault. No, it's not. He's a fair, fair judge and a righteous judge. So in closing, how should we come to God's throne of grace? Well, we need never fear to come boldly. To come boldly. Not flippantly again, not, what was the word? Casually, you know. Yeah, chewing on our gum. Oh, now, now but to come boldly before the throne of grace. And um, so it's called the throne of grace, not the throne of judgment. We'll not stand in judgment before the Lord. We'll not stand at the judgment throne. Uh, it's a throne of grace based upon the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ on Calvary. Someone put it this way, and you probably heard it, grace, you can remember this, God's riches at Christ's expense. Make an acrostic and you put grace, and that's what it can stand for. God's riches at Christ's expense. You've heard that before, haven't you? Oh, you've not heard that before. 
All right. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. So we may therefore come boldly. With, uh, we, we can come with boldness and we can look for pardon. Uh, we, we, we come not depending on our own merits, but we come where uh, a sufficient sacrifice has been offered for sin, where we are assured that God is merciful. And therefore, uh, we may come without hesitancy or trembling, and we can ask for all the mercy and grace and help that we need. That's what he says. We may find grace and help in time of need. That's always, all the time, any time of day, wherever we are, we can come to his throne. So the next time you're feeling a little apprehensive about coming, maybe to ask for forgiveness or, or ask for anything, let's remember to let's come boldly. Let's come boldly to God's throne because we'll find nothing there but mercy and grace and help uh, in time of need. He'll never turn us down. He'll never turn us away. But he's there for us. Aren't you glad? Amen. Yes, sir. Yes. I made a promise to my wife.